eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition of the Auburn Owner Cover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We've got a very special guest here. Got another former player on to talk about Auburn football. Former Auburn cornerback Gerard Powers um, has been generous enough to give us some time today and talk about uh, what he's been up to and the Auburn defense overall, what he's seen from the Tigers this season. First of all, Gerard, thanks so much for joining us and um, what you've been up to lately. Uh, man, like I said, just doing whatever the wife allows me. Uh, I got three boys, nine, six, and one. Uh, one the one-year-old is about to turn two in a month. Um, coaching 10 football, uh, taking my other son to basketball, so I'm the I'm the house dad that uh, nobody dreamed of. So I'm 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 pretty busy on a day to day basis with my kids' schedule. So I guess retirement is uh, what has it been like four years now since you retired been from four, the league. Yeah, been four years. Seemed like it's been forever, really? uh, but yeah, been four years. Gotcha. Well, um, I'm hoping you'll have some you'll have some insight here. I don't know how much if you got to watch that Penn State game. Um, mm-hmm. If you're if you're able to watch it all the way through, um, but a lot of talk this week has been about. Auburn's defensive backs and how they struggled to, to slow down Sean Clifford in that game a little bit. Of course, a big part of that was was the lack of pass rush. But I guess um, I want your perspective. A lot of people are talking about the man versus zone. Kevin Steele ran a lot of press man. Now Derek Mason is introducing zone. Um, in your opinion, is that something people should really be focusing on that much? Or does do you guys get around to all that at, at, at practice? You know, are you practicing just as much man as you are zone and, and people really shouldn't be focusing on that? Yeah, you are. You're, you're, I mean, you're practicing both of them equally uh, for the most part, especially when it comes to whatever the defensive coach's uh, system is. Uh, Derek Mason's system is similar to Kevin Steele's system. Uh, they play multiple coverages. I know a lot of people just remember, you know, us getting in guys' face, uh, press man to man and all that. That, that. Those are the little differences that each coach kind of prefer. So it's almost the same system, but in certain calls, you know, Derek Mason might like for his guys to play off compared to Kevin Steele, like liking his guys to uh, be in more of a press look. But at the end of the day, you still got your man to man. You still got your press opportunities and things of that. I think the biggest thing that we uh, we had against Penn State was just communication issues. Whenever you have communication issues on the road in a hostile environment, I mean, you're vulnerable to, to some bus coverages out there. And this was our first test on the road. 
Uh, the guys looked great the first two weeks against Akron and uh, Alabama State, but this was a true top 10 team on the road, 110,000 people in that stadium. And even though we got a couple guys that in, uh, that I would call veterans in that group, whenever you're learning a new system, new coaches, new players, uh, the whole nine, I mean, you're going to have some of those, I guess, kinks early on in the year. The thing that I was impressed with, though, I know everybody's talking about lack of pass rush, which all that stuff goes hand in hand. I mean, you get a dominant pass rush, your secondary looks good. You get a pass rush that's not going to cause any um, – any pressures or, or make the quarterback force some things, then everybody's talking about how bad your secondary is. But as a secondary player, you know, you got a clock in your head when that ball's supposed to get out. You know, you, you don't think you're going to be in coverage for no longer than maybe three to four seconds on, on a given play. So when the pass rush is not there, obviously you got to cover longer, which Penn State did a good job in finding the open guys and, and things of that nature. But I just thought we hurt ourselves on the back end from a communication standpoint and not necessarily Penn State hurting us. Uh, they did a good job of capitalizing on all the mistakes we had. But at the end of the day, I think when you watch that film and look back on it, we still had a shot to win on the road. We still were in the game and we played as bad as you probably could play defensively on the road when it comes to, you know, the, the secondary having those issues. So I, I'm, I'm pretty positive those things will clear up and those guys will get better and better as the year go on. The word of the of the week of the past couple of weeks from Brian Harston has not been one that Auburn fans have heard a lot before. Um, plaster, talking about the defensive backs, um, mainly the context has been when a quarterback is able to move outside the pocket, but Sean Clifford right. stayed inside the pocket. So um, from an NFL defensive back and a guy who's had a lot of experience playing that position, um, what does it mean to plaster onto a receiver? And, and what did you see Saturday in that regard that they can improve on? Uh, plaster means covering your guy outside of the route that he just ran. So plaster means that you might be in coverage versus somebody that's running a go route and you got the go route covered. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you look back for the ball, you see that QB scrambling. And now that wide receiver can run anything he really wants to get open to help his quarterback out. So uh, and that's something that you can practice. We used to practice it in the NFL every week, uh, especially when you're going against guys that can move around in the pocket and, and that can buy time in the pocket. That don't necessarily mean they're scrambling outside of the pocket Penn State. Quarterback did a good job of stepping in the pocket, moving left to right just to get more, get another second or two for his guys to get open. And like I said, plaster just means that you might have that initial route covered, but if the ball's not there, now that wide receiver has a free go to go wherever he wants to help his quarterback uh, out and getting open. And it's a tough job to do. And that's when, like I said, that's when that pass rush has to get there. It has to get there because you don't want your guys to, to be in those type of games and they're catching balls off of broken routes all the time. It kind of messes up your rhythm. It can be kind of devastating to your defense, you know, having guys covered on third down and then all of a sudden it's a little scramble and they, you know, throw a, 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 uh, a route that was off a of plaster type coverage and get the first down. So it can be frustrating, but definitely something that you can work on and be better at. When you've got a defense, like you mentioned with Derek Mason, that in their base sets would rather play off as opposed to, um, you know, what Kevin Steele liked to do with the corners. Penn State hit a lot of shallow stuff to those quick receivers. And those two receivers, Dotson and Washington, are really good. Um, but when you're playing off and that's and that's kind of what your, your coordinator is asking you to do, um, how do you go about fixing that? How, how, how difficult is that to stop the shallow stuff? And how do you go about stopping an offense from just throwing it five yards and, and the receiver turns up field for another five? How do you stop that? Normally, if you got a guy on the outside playing off, he's in some type of multiple coverage 
type deal, meaning that uh, he, he might have eyes on number two. If number two does certain things, he does certain things like your, your responsibilities change. So um, for the people that, that might be watching and, and might just think it's, oh, he's playing off man. A lot of those times it's a multiple coverage type deal, meaning depending on the route that the wide receiver ran, you might be passing a guy off looking for another guy to come back into your zone area or whatever the case may be. But uh, when it comes to the shallow stuff, everybody has to be on the same page, not just your secondary. Your linebackers uh, have to be on the same page and get into their responsibilities and their drops and doing things like that. So even though, you know, as a fan, myself and everybody else, we like to look at passing numbers like it's a secondary issue, but it's really a back seven issue, uh, including the linebackers. And then outside of that, that's when you throw in the pass rush uh, and having to get their get their job done and doing that. But it's just not on the secondary. It's everybody from linebackers on back having to be on the same page and making sure everybody sees the same thing the exact same way. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your freshman year was Coach Muschamp's first season as the D.C., um, yeah, my red shirt, my red shirt freshman year. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you didn't have a ton of experience with anybody else at the college mm-hmm. level, but you know, for guys that are transitioning to a new DC or guys that are just coming out of high school, um, how difficult is that process to learn a new system at the college level? Um, and what were kind of the things that you learned that allowed you to be successful um, that you have to do in order to, to, to make that work and, and play at a high level in a new system? Uh, well, I remember getting Coach Muschamp's playbook that first print, that first spring he was there, and I just was overwhelmed. I, I, I honestly thought I wasn't going to be able to grasp everything that he was uh, trying to install and the responsibilities that came with being a secondary member in that system. Complicated system, but how Derek Mason and the other great defensive coordinators that we got in the SEC and, and around the country, they do a good job in categorizing everything, meaning – uh, different names, different colors, different just certain key points of words that you can hear that tells you exactly what you got going. And, um, you know, you look at guys like Smoke Monday and, and McQuarrie and those guys, you know, they've been in under one system their entire college career, and that was Kevin Stills. And then now you bring in Derek Mason in. The, the main thing that they have to pick up and have to learn is the verbiage. Right now they've seen and played every technique and every coverage that you can possibly play. Like I said, when it comes to coordinator to uh, coordinator to coordinator, it's just little tidbits here and there that they like to switch up that they prefer uh, compared to the next coordinator. And it's the same with the players. It don't matter if it's a zone scheme, man scheme, you're going to play the same techniques and the same coverages uh, pretty much with every coordinator, but it's the verbiage that gets you confused. You know, you might be calling one thing with one guy for the past three years, and then it can be the exact same technique, but be called an an entire different word. Uh, And I think that was one of the main things that we had an issue with versus Penn State. Like I said, it it seemed like guys knew responsibilities. It was just a matter of guys uh, being on the same page communication-wise with executing the defense. You talked about a little bit, but, you know, lots of talented coaches across the SEC. That goes for offensive coordinators as well. When you Mm -hmm. watch – the conference right now when you watch Auburn play and you watch other teams um how different are these offenses that you're seeing it do they do they share a lot of similarities from what you faced I guess in the you know 06 to 09 kind of range um or or is it just like completely foreign with what they're having the the quarterbacks do 
Uh, it's advanced. It's more advanced now than it was when I played. Um, you know, during my era, it was running back. SEC was all about running backs. I mean, you come from the the Cadillac, Runny Brown, um, Brendan Jacobs, all on the same team. And then when I get to Auburn, we're playing Arkansas, and it's Felix Jones, Darren McFadden, uh, all those guys. And then you go to Georgia, and it's no Sean Marino. So when when I played, you knew who was going to get the ball. Uh, it came down. It was a downhill power type scheme full back in the game and all of that the only teams that were kind of spreading the ball out to where they were doing a, a lot of different multiple things was when Gus Malzahn got to Arkansas as a coordinator he brought the Wildcats to the SEC which kind of shook everything up to where now other coaches started to implement putting certain players in the quarterback position and where you had to kind of I guess, uh, game plan and, and have packages for certain guys. And then you get to Urban Meyer when he gets to Florida, he really un, un, unwrapped the entire spread style. I mean, you look at the guys that they had and the weapons they had, he did a good job in having uh, different packages, different formations, different looks to keep the defense honest. And I think from my time experiencing that and then going forward, uh, you saw everybody start to move forward. I remember in 2008-ish, 2007-ish, coaches were talking about how the game was going to go more to this spread, wide open, putting the ball in the quarterback's hand, letting them make plays or whatnot. And uh, it's hard for the defense to, to defend, but now we're at the age of the new spread offense to where I feel defensive coordinators are starting to catch on to it. And, uh, and I think that, you know, with, with the SEC and everything else, everything evolves and it, it kind of is like a, 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 a round circle, how everything goes back to what it used to be. I honestly think that it's going to go back to the power game at some point, because like I said, I feel defenses are starting to catch on to the spread concepts um, right now. Yeah, certainly Auburn, I mean, doing a little bit more of that than they have the past mm -hmm. few years. I don't think they've lined up without a tight end on the field this entire season, which is, you know, completely foreign to what they did under Malzahn. Um, Gerard, last question for you, and then I'll let you go. Really appreciate your time. Um, I see your poster in the back there um, with the big AU on it. So I, I know oh, yeah. you I know you keep up with this team, um, not just defense, but what are your general impressions, not only of, of this team, what you've seen so far, but also of Coach Harson? Have you had a chance to to talk with him and, and kind of what are your takeaways and impressions of, of what they've got going on right now with him in his first year? I like it. I think he's off to a good start. Um, I mean, I know everybody was upset with the loss. I don't think people realize how hard it is to go on a road in a hostile environment uh, for your first big test of the year and go in there and have a shot to win the game. I was all I, like I said, I thought we played bad uh, defensively. I thought offensively we missed some opportunities as well. One thing we did do well was run the football. I think we kind of showed. Uh, who we're going to be going forward. I mean, you look at uh, Tank and Hunter. I mean, they look great together. They complement each other well. Uh, I thought Bo looked um, a little bit more poised than he looked in the past. I mean, he had a, some some happy feet here or there, uh, you know, kind of going back to those old habits. But I thought he kind of, you know, controlled the game enough to where he didn't lose the game by any means. You know, we still had our shot. And I just thought we looked different. I thought the way that we lost and the way that those guys continue to fight to that, that very last second, uh, uh, it just shows you the grit and the will that these guys have. Like I said, we played a bad game and still had a shot to win that game. So uh, I was talking to Rashad Johnson, uh, former Alabama safety, uh, played in the NFL with me uh, for eight or nine years. And that's what he was saying. He was like, man, I feel like Auburn, going forward are just going to get better and better each week. And him being a Bama fan, he was like, man, it kind of worries me to see that. Because like I said, 
just looking at it and watch the game, everybody knew we didn't play our best. And, and to still have a shot and still have those opportunities where you're just like, man, a couple more weeks, we're going to be clicking or next week we're going to be clicking or whatever the case may be. You can just tell that we left some opportunities out there. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited, man. I can't wait till we get in this SEC gauntlet that, that's about to start. I mean, you look at Arkansas, you look at Ole Miss, LSU seem like they're starting to get things back on track, man. The Wild Wild West is going to be crazy and going to be exciting week in, week out. But I'm actually very excited about this football team going forward. And like I said, Coach Harson, no nonsense type personality. I love it. Uh, he, you can tell he really don't listen to the outside noise. He's coming in doing what he thinks best for our team. But I feel like our team shows his attitude, uh, the way that, the style they play and the way that they play. I think they show his grit and they show his attitude so far. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed because, I mean, it was a tough situation for him to come in as late as he got hired and, uh, you know, kind of was on the back ball of the recruiting when he got in just because it was such a late hire. And I think he's done a good job so far to kind of let people know Auburn is on the right track. Really good stuff. Appreciate you so much, Sherrod. I'm sure everybody, all our listeners appreciate your uh, your rare insight and perspective there. So thanks for much, so much for coming on the podcast. Hopefully uh, we can link back up later this season. Uh, no doubt. Appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks, man.